Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking. I am your host, Archie Mitchell, and back from his assignment taking care of some horseman business is none other than my partner, Mark Brew. How's it going, Mark? It's it's going. <laughs> Trying to remain conscious while watching some of this product is uh, <laughs> almost I impossible. I agree. I agree. I think I fell asleep twice during Monday Night Raw last week. Not this week. This week was good, but last week was like, okay, I fell asleep, had to restart. It was bad. It was bad. So, Mark, I, I have a question for you that I'm sure is on everybody's mind. What exactly is horseman business? <laughs> by, defin- <laughs> by definition, what was I doing or... <laughs> <laughs> oh my definition. Do I do I have for, to keep that name on? <laughs> for the fans who heard me say that last week and didn't know what the hell I was talking about, back in the day in like 95, 96, 97, when one of the horsemen would come out for a interview, whether it be Arn Anderson, Rick Flair, or Chris Benoit, and the other ones weren't around, me and Gene would be like, And where's your partner, Arn Anderson? And they'd look around. They're off taking care of horseman business. The less said, the better. And everybody would go, damn, that sounds like some cool shit. So that's why I bestowed that upon Mark, because Mark was missing in action last week. But it's good to have you back. Uh, it was weird being alone again. After having you for three weeks with me, it was like, wow, I'm, I'm just me again. I'm not, I'm not used to this. Yeah, I, I was handling horseman business, but I wasn't on a plane ride for Hill. So I think I came out on top in that situation. <laughs> right. Right, right. Mark will Mark will not be sued for taking off his robe or uh, trying to force any stewardesses to uh, touch his manhood. So we'll yeah. on that. If I'm going to helicopter, it's going to be consensual. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Mark and I will be speaking about NXT War Games. It is the second time, no, actually the third time NXT has taken the War Games uh, brand. And uh, ran with it. And I, I like that. I, I always loved War Games as a kid. Uh, before we get into anything, Mark, what was your favorite War Games in the WCW NWA era? When they had, God, I got to remember all the competitors, but they had Shockmaster and Bulldog, and I think okay. Sting was on the team too, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right, and it, that match to me stuck out. Maybe it's just because that was that was like back in the days when I enjoyed both products. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it was it was Bulldog Sting and Shockmaster. I don't remember who the other partner was because they took on Sid Vader and the Harlem Heat, and that was one of only a couple of. Uh, WCW NWA style war games matches that they only did a four on four because as a kid I remember them being in a five on five match right. mostly because the horsemen wanted to get JJ Dillon involved or when they had uh, Lex Luthor uh, Lex Luger excuse me Lex Luger and Ole Anderson still a part of the crew they didn't want to you know pick one and not the other and that was the thing of it the the war games match was created. For by Dusty Rhodes for the four horsemen. Yeah, it was the baby. one match that it was the one match the horsemen can all be there 
and get locked together and not be able to do anything underhanded. So uh, we're going to step into some quick hits. Mark, want to say anything before we start? <laughs> you, you wanted to do a Dusty Rhodes impression. No, you, when when you were just sitting there discussing that and like you were saying, Dusty and them created it for the horsemen and then when it was five on five, they'd usually like get JJ involved. That right. just sounds like, that just sounds like something similar that we've seen recently. But you know, it's not the horsemen, right. but <clears throat> American right. top team. <laughs> right. Right. Dan Lambert. But Dan Lambert is no JJ Dillon. I will say that right now. I've heard people call no him the next JJ Dillon. I heard a couple people saying he's like Paulie dangerously was to the dangerous lines. Fuck that. He is nowhere near. <laughs> he is nowhere near Paulie dangerously. Okay. So we are we are in agreement upon that. <laughs> he may be like what was that little pitch that came out with the giant guns out? Harvey Winkleman. You know what I mean? And that's and you know what? Even that's bad because Harvey was a decent manager. But yeah, that that's a, a yeah. disgrace to Harvey. Right, right. So, get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Pop open your favorite frosty beverage and join Mark and I as we spew our hate, our love, our venom for the world of professional wrestling. And we dive into some quick hits. And Mark, first quick hit on the docket. Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly's contracts are up, and they are not re-signing with the WWE. Gargano is actually a free agent. There is no no compete clause. So he could step into Impact, NWA, MLW, or AEW next Wednesday night if he wanted to. I was a little shocked by the Gargano. Right. Because they he just had, you know, that big moment with Champa and we're gonna get into right. all that. But right. and it's kinda like you wanted to see that because then it's like they're holding on to a glimpse of what NXT was before this whole rebrand and everything. Right. Exactly. And, but the O'Reilly I seen coming because fish and yeah. cold and I'm like yeah. yeah go ahead. And I'll be honest with you. I've seen fans say, well, then that means Roddy's going to go when his contract's up, too, because Roderick Strong... No. Roderick Strong was placed with the Undisputed Era because Bobby Fish got injured, and they needed a third to be the in-between man. I'm not saying anything against Roderick Strong, but the Undisputed Era is Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole. The same way in Ring of Honor, those three were synonymous with each other as well, whether it be in matches or against each other or what have you. So, in my opinion, I could see Kyle O'Reilly actually going to AEW with no problem. Gargano is the one I'm having a hard pill swallowing because I don't yeah. know if he's, you know, I love Johnny. He's great. And I think he had tremendous success in NXT. I don't know if maybe after his baby's born, like Johnny might be taking some time off and go home, be a dad for a few months. He might pop back into NXT. Yeah, and then... It it how do I put this? Let's say 
it would be good for him as a per, as a worker too because then it gives the people a chance to miss him. Right, exactly. And and you know as well as I do, like for instance, Big Cass. Right. With Big Cass and it was with Enzo and stuff, it, he didn't, to me, he didn't reach the peak of his character. Right, right. Potentially. And then he comes back, boom, all of a sudden, randomly to help Enzo at an indie show in Georgia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know what I'm saying? It's just right, and now he's actually having a success and impact. Now in, in impact, he's actually having a great amount of success. So again, I don't know if if AEW is the spot for Johnny Gargano. I mean, he might be better off in Impact or NWA because of the more old school style. Not that Johnny is just an old school player; he could wrestle any way he wants to, but. I just I don't know he doesn't it's it's one of those puzzle pieces that would be like oh okay it fits but it doesn't look right. The you thing know? that I that I like about Gargano is <clears throat> he could if he wanted to he could be the mid card guy that plugs in anywhere. Right. And that has a spot in every show. Right. But I am I Upset that he's going after what I saw on this war games. Yes, a little yeah, bit. I, I agree. I agree. Like, like you had potential to bring back <clears throat> and quote unquote golden, right? And, and again, you have the perfect stars aligned, but you don't know the constellation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one thing you could say about Vince. He's definitely not a reader of the stars. He doesn't know what's going on anymore. Astrology. Somebody made a joke. Somebody made a joke on uh, of um, like a website, and they said the reason the WWE is starting to have its downfall is because Vince is smoking too much medicinal marijuana. And when you look at Vince, he looks high eighty nine percent of the time. <laughs> his eyes are red; they're in his head. He's talking slurred. So it's like, Dad, that might be it. He may just be too fucking high. I I thought he was sick because I mean. You're used to seeing the Vincent man with the full face and look like he's right. working out and stuff like that. Right. I mean, no, he's, I don't know. He's starting to look like a puppet. <laughs> I'm so maybe I misread that, but <laughs> yeah, no, he looks a couple pictures people took of him at like a nightclub or he was at a, an event. He looks stoned, and I'm like, damn, Vince's got some, got some good shit. <laughs> Next on the uh, quick hits list, AEW actually outsells the WWE in tickets in Long Island, New York, for Dynamite versus Monday Night Raw. Monday mm-hmm. Night Raw, when they were there, sold fifty eight hundred and eighty seven tickets. AEW sold ninety five hundred and thirty eight tickets. That's a pretty big difference. I mean, if you if you look at those numbers, period. Say you only charge ten bucks a ticket, you'd still make killer money, right? Right. It's still a great game, and they don't right. just sell, they don't just charge ten dollars a ticket because my wife just surprised me with an early Christmas present for AEW tickets, and those things are eighty dollars a piece. So, I mean, I, even if they're at twenty five to fifty. 
and on the high end eighty, you know, for a great seat. Right. It's still a pretty decent. That's about what the WWE charges: twenty five for a nosebleed, fifty for middle ground, and over a hundred to sit right in the front. So it's right. it's not shocking though. Because obviously, you know, AEW has a core fan base. They have a, a, an indie fan base that want to see wrestling, that want to enjoy themselves. And AEW only does one show a week. It's Wednesday night where they take Dynamite, Rampage, and both their YouTube shows. So for whatever you're paying for your ticket, you're getting four different shows. Not bad. Right. You know what I mean? Where with Monday Night Raw, you just get raw. You know, it's yeah. three hours of... Oh God, it's it's been getting worse. Oh God, it's bad. You know, <laughs> right? They're they're accomplishing a lot in one night. So if you look at the spectrum of how WWE does it with you know mon- with Monday with the Raw and with the NXT and and right. with the SmackDown, it's like they're doing all these shows in one night, right? Versus, we're gonna spread it out throughout the week, right? Right. I and mean, AEW's still doing house shows, so I mean, they still got fans coming in and seeing regular shows. But like, it just it blew my mind. It's a four thousand ticket difference, and they only ran within a span of a couple of weeks of each other. So it's not like, oh, this is six months ago, and, and Raw was only there, you know, and all, Raw was there in April, and AEW was there in in, in mid August. No, this was within a couple of weeks of each other. So. It's kind of weird, and I think that means the wings of cha- the winds of change are happening a little bit here, at least on attendance. Maybe not on ratings wise, but you know that could all change. And, and that's the beautiful thing about this country too is that the fact that you could start on Monday, watch yeah. Raw, <laughs> then watch your NXT and watch watch your Dynamite. And then you right. can watch SmackDown. And then Saturday, you can go out amongst into the world and support right. wrestling. Right. And then on Sunday, you can come back home. And guess what? There watch might be a paper view. Right, right. And on certain Thursdays, you never know what might pop on too. Right. You know and I mean? and if, there's wrestling on every night of the week. Yeah, and if you're in some of them nights, if you're up a little later, you might catch impact or something like that i mean right right my ex-wife the the first woman i was married to used to hate wrestling altogether and that was back when it was just raw nitro and smackdown she left me before thunder ever came out Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but she used to hate it being on two nights a week so if I would have stayed with her and wrestling would have been on every night of the week, dude, the divorce procedure would have been very long because they would have been Monday night, he watched Raw. Tuesday night, he watched NXT. Wednesday night, he watched uh, Impact, uh, Dynamite. Now repeat, Monday night. We get it. He watched a lot of wrestling. We understand. Right. <laughs> and, so. and, you know, back in the days, they had that uh, 605. Right. Saturday. Uh, Saturday night made a Five on a Saturday. Yep. You, you can watch the rest. Of it. <laughs> and the funny part. Back then, I used to tape a lot of it. I wouldn't ever really watch it live. Like, once I did get married, I wasn't watching a whole lot of wrestling live. But she just used to hate that I'd be watching wrestling at all. I don't know why. She never actually told to me the hatred. But 
I don't know, whatever. That's that's when you should have been like, we're going to a show so you can witness this in person. Yeah, no, she wouldn't. She wouldn't do that. She sent her brother with me one time, and all he did was bitch and moan. It's like I hate this. Like, well, I'm sorry you came. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, when do we get to go home? I'm like, about three hours. <laughs> that would have been a good time. Good time for Uber to exist, huh? Right, right. <laughs> so, last on the quick hits uh, list. Uh, this is a bit of a sad one. Jeff Hardy released by the WWE for refusing to go to rehab. Now, they have yet to say whether this was due to alcohol or drug abuse or if Jeff is just in bad shape. But whatever the case may be, it does seem that some of Jeff Hardy's demons have come back to haunt him again. We don't like to hear that at all. It's, no. it's not funny when it's anybody in the wrestling business or in life in general. Um, but Jeff Hardy... Cleaned himself up. He was doing fantastic the last few years. And I just don't know what happened. And to have that much talent and right. and have that taken away from the fans. I mean, his, his mental state is important, too. <laughs> let, let me not right. through that. But right. for him, as far as you're grasping on... He's from the Attitude Era. Come on. Right. Right. And so, yeah, so let's see. 98 to 2020, 23 years in the public eye of wrestling, not to mention all the indie shit he did before then. Because he's right. been going since he's been 15 years old. So, and, and you're, you know. you're, and if you're that type of fan that, like me, because that's my favorite era of wrestling, the Attitude Era right. and the Golden Era. Right. They don't make them like that no more. I, nope. Just don't. That's when wrestling was wrestling to me, and it is what I agree. it is. I agree. That was a lot. The thing of it is, when it comes to the, the Attitude Era, the Golden Era, that was before everybody had a computer, uh, a laptop, of an iPhone in their hand. Dirt sheets were not readily available. If you wanted to actually read a dirt sheet, you had to subscribe to one it. and have, a, have it come in the mail or come with your magazine. And even then, they weren't really going that deep. They would just be like, you know, sources say that a big name is going to WCW from the WWF. That was it. Right. You didn't get the exact name. Now it's like Adam Cole leaves WWE, expected to show up on Dynamite tomorrow night. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know? And then and, all and, that, uh, the buzz about the Fiend supposedly going over there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But whatever the case is, Jeff Hardy, we wish him the absolute best. We want it. We hope for a quick recovery, and there are a lot of fans who are saying, "Oh, great! Now the Hardy Boys could could you know get back together in AEW." Listen, we saw the Hardy Boys in Impact Wrestling. We've seen the Hardy Boys in the WWE. We've seen the Hardy Boys all over the world. They are one of the best tag teams known to man. They are a part of an elite three of the best tag teams with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys. Being those three because they carried the Attitude Era for tag team wrestling, and they are TLC. When when you right. hear when you hear that, was what's that called? Uh, those call letters. When you hear yeah. that, that, that that match, it's them. It's that's immediately boom. Get right. the tables <laughs> right. So there's the no go up the ladder. Right. And right. the concerto with Edge and Christian. It's just... Right. You know, it's 
But we need to think about, like Mark said, Jeff's mental state. Because without that, if he comes back too soon just to do the Hardy Boys reunion and, and you know, be an AEW, if he gets hurt, guys, and he's not in the proper state of mind, it's not just get hurt, go out for six months, a year, and come back. No, he could risk serious injury the way or, Edge or was risking serious you know, or yeah. to his opponent. Right. You know, we've seen Hardy messed up in the ring before when he's been badly on drugs. Sting had to just pin him in a minute and get it over with because he was afraid of what might happen. But we need to think about everybody involved. Let Jeff rest up. And like Mark said again, the idea of him being away for a little while, when he pops back up, whether it be to save Matt or to come fight Matt or to just come to AEW and say, hi, I'm still around. Or back to the WWE even. It's for the best because it will help everyone involved. And then we'll get a better Jeff Hardy who could actually end his career on a good note rather than a, oh, Jeff broke his opponent's neck last night and he's retiring from the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right, I Mark, we're on to. Go ahead. I, I kind of made light of it at first. I was like, uh, I heard what happened and then I'm like, well, maybe Vince told him what his idea was for the match and he was like, screw this. I, I, I'm, I'm right, not hiding right. for this or something. But right. I mean, in all seriousness, I just did that because I'm like, that's one of my childhood memories right. is watching exactly. those triple, triple threat TLCs and stuff. You know, you, you get to a point, you see these guys as they age. And you see, okay, they're getting older. It's no big deal. Ric Flair, I, I ranted about Ric Flair last week because of how badly he's talking about everybody in the professional wrestling industry now and how badly he's shitting on people. He's ruining his legacy. You know, yeah. we don't need Jeff to ruin his legacy because he's too drunk, high, or just in a bad mood and doesn't know what he's doing the right way. You know what I mean? We, we need him to be level-headed like he has been all these years. Especially you know, at the level of high-risk maneuvers that he likes to right. perform. And, and in AEW, they're going to let that son of a bitch come off the Tron. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to. WWE was like, no, just keep it to the ladder, Jeff. Don't worry about it. You don't got to go that high. AEW, go as high as you want. <laughs> you signed the waiver first, right? Right. You signed the waiver. You have insurance, right? Yeah, go as high as you want. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Tony Khan will be like, did you? Did we tie a bungee cord around him? No, he said he didn't want one. Okay, cool. It's even better. You know, like, what? So, <laughs> shifting gears now to a show that Mark didn't seem to like as much as I did, uh, but that's okay. I mean, he seemed like he did, but he didn't. There were certain aspects, and that is WWE NXT War Games for this past Sunday. Um, and Started off the show with the women's war games match, and I don't mind them starting off with a war games match, but it just seems like maybe we could have got one match in and then went to war games. Yeah, because like, like, you know, we discussed about it, it was like a damn car wreck. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like you warm them up with a good curtain jerk, get their blood pumping, right. and throw that out there, right? You know, I realized every other match was for a title, but. Put Joe Gacy versus Roger Strong out there for 20 minutes and then go, okay, it's time for women's war games. Yeah. But yeah, all right. we just we, show started, the cages down and we're all like, oh, we're going this, we're going now. All right, let's go. <laughs> you know? So uh match kicked off uh with Kylie Ray 
uh, and Dakota Kai. And I have to say, uh, Kaylee Ray is by far one of the most brutalist women I've ever seen. And I mean yes. that in a good way. She looks like she can kick my ass, Mark's ass, and probably any listener's ass all at once. And that's I'm not ashamed to say that. That's the thing, too. Like, people look at wrestlers, per se, and say, oh, well, they just fake fighting. They ain't tough. <laughs> I know some of them. No. <laughs> you definitely don't want to cross. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Dakota Kai has gone straight psychotic with her look. Uh, Cora Jade may have been the youngest member on the roster to ever compete in a War Games match, but let me tell you something. That, that little girl's got hard. Yeah, she stood out. Uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, incredible tag team. They deserve to be the women's tag team champions in NXT. They proved it at War Games in the match by working together well. Um, and what... Mandy Rose is coming along perfectly as they thought that she would. Right. By sending her back to NXT, it was the right move. Yeah, and and in that match, too, you were kind of happy to see that, okay, they're not just going to put toxic attraction in their team over, boom, all the time. Right, right. That was the nice thing about it to me. Right. They actually... Showed that okay, you're the champions, but the champions can lose because the titles aren't on the line right now. Right, it would better progress this story by you not winning. And um, then that that attributes to their opponents being built too. Right. Well, yeah, it built up the whole other team. Raquel right. Gonzalez still deserves a rematch for the title. Cora Jade pinned the champion in the in the match. Uh, Kylie Ray has been trying to get a title match since she got to NXT, and. Uh, uh, Io Shirai, well, she's always in in the talking area of a shop, you know. She's she's an I, I really enjoy her in ring work. Uh, I'm definitely an Io fan. No, oh, I am too. I am too. I'm happy they changed her look though and her her presence in the ring. She went from that quiet little Japanese girl to okay, here comes a tornado, right? You know, and that's better for her because there are too many. Hi, I'm the little Japanese girl. In this business, you know, we had Kiri Sane at the time and all the girls in AEW, and it's just, okay, they're recycling the same gimmick for them over and over again. When she got to be the badass, and you think, oh, wow, I actually want to see her fight Asuka now. You know what I mean? I want to see them have a match like they had in Japan. So I, I, I enjoyed all eight women were great, but you mentioned there were a couple of botches that happened, uh, you know, that... I agree. They they seemed like they were waiting to hit each other. Right. And then <laughs> it was just certain spots it was blatantly obvious. And it's like again, I've said this before, hone your craft, people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I guess when the cage is around you though, you're not sure if the fans can see you the right way, so you think maybe you could let a little more slide and they're not thinking there's a big camera in their face, you know. Right. But in any indication, Cora Jade got the win at the 30-minute mark. Uh, and I have to say something here. This was miles better than the women's Survivor Series match. Yes, it was. It, it was definitely much better. It was better planned out. You know, women coming in at intervals and having the, the advantage. What I liked was is that at one point, the good guy side had the, the advantage, but Toxic Attraction was still whipping their ass. 
You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> Gigi <laughs> Dolan was beating up everybody. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way it should be. And just because they got an extra person doesn't mean it's going to pay off all the time. Right. You know? So, but decent opener. Again, I would have liked maybe a buffer in between for the opener and then go to the first War Games match. But I guess they felt they had to space it out. Um, next up um, was Imperium versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Um, I'm going to say that this was as close to a perfect tag team match as you can get because neither team made a mistake. They both brought it in the ring and they both worked together as teams perfectly, even though Imperium have the advantage, the advantage of that, you know? Right. Um, on a scale like you would in school, I'd give it a a minus. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree. I wanted more. They ended it in 20 minutes, Uh, but Imperium deserve the win here, in my opinion, because Von Wagner is still too green. He does not deserve a title a month into being there. And, and the, that display of strength by Imperium, when <laughs> he, he caught him and squatted him. Oh, yeah. You're like, dude's an athlete. <laughs> Fab, Fabian Iker is like, I didn't... This dude was in NXT for like eight years before they put him with Imperium and made him a tag team. He was just there. And I didn't know he was anything that special. Since they put him with Imperium, though, I look around and I go, why didn't they ever just push him before? Why, <laughs> If he could do all this, why did it take a tag partner to get that out of him? You and know what I mean? Imperium's doing their jobs as heels and right. really making you want to smack the hell out of them. But yet when you're watching them wrestle, you're cheering them because the whole fans were on their feet cheering for Imperium. Right. When he did that deadlift squat in the middle of the ring, the fans were cheering like crazy. So, uh, but Imperium does get the win. Uh, the crowd uh, was actually, like I said, on their side. And then we go to the post-match. Fans cheer, thank you, Kyle. And then Von Wagner pulls off the worst-looking heel turn I've <laughs> ever heard. Like, he's sitting there behind Kyle, like, yeah, congratulations. And then Kyle turns around and just looks, He's like his face changed, and like, oh shit, this motherfucker's about to turn. Like, you know, it, it was two things: either he was going to turn, or he's going to take a shit. Right, <laughs> <laughs> one of those two, and neither one would have been good because the heel turn sucked. You know? Yeah, and his shit would stunk. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, Kyle beat the hell out of him, left him laying, walked away, goes backstage, and even he said it when when when. Mackenzie asked him, you know, what happened out there? That was the worst heel turn. He said that was the worst turn I've ever seen. And this is the guy who got turned on by all of his best friends. Right. If you didn't didn't think I saw that coming. (laughs) Right. You know, and the one thing I will say, though, is um, him and Von Wagner agreed to a tag match on NXT the following Tuesday, uh, to a cage match. Now, we had two War Games matches tonight at NXT War Games this, this night on Sunday. On Raw, they're hyping Big E versus Kevin Owens in a cage. And then you're hyping Von Wagner versus Kyle O'Reilly in a cage. The WWE does not know the word oversaturation. <laughs> That's too much of this of one thing. Oh, yes. You know, it's... But in any case... We that it's Kyle O'Reilly versus Juan Wagner on NXT, and of course we're not talking about that 
but Von Wagner goes over and then beats the hell out of Kyle with the cage door. So I guess that was Von Wagner's way of saying, yeah, he's leaving anyway, so I'm going to get over as hard as I can. <laughs> Let's make something out of it. Damn it. Draw right. me money. <laughs> Draw me money, right. Worst, that's got, he's got the worst wrestling name, too. Von Wagner. Could he have been yeah. like David Von Wagner or, or Richard Von Wagner or something? Yeah. You know? I don't know. We then go to Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match. Um, first time seeing Duke Hudson in the ring, actually. I've, I've never seen this guy wrestle before, except for the power bomb he laid Cameron Grimes out with. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. He actually plays a really good big guy wrestler. He 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 has a couple good moves. He knows how to move around the ring. Um, he showed charisma. So I had no problem with him. The one thing I, I got to say about this match is it was money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really genuinely enjoyed <laughs> it. Not just for the gimmick, you know, of the hair versus hair, but it was it was a good match. It was. They they it told was. a story, and then afterwards they told another story. <laughs> right. And so, it's a typical story of a hair versus hair match. The guy who lost didn't want to get a haircut. Right. You know. So. And uh, that what I liked about it when Brian's got those clippers a hold of his head though. <laughs> Yeah, he, he definitely showed a lot of fear there. Uh, what I liked about this also was we haven't had a hair versus hair match in a very long time. Right. You know, and that doesn't usually happen in the United States that often anyway. You usually see that in Japan or Mexico. So it was nice to see them bring it back. And they got to it with like a month's worth of build. So it made sense. You yeah, know? And, and it was kind of the old school way of booking. Right. Even right. if it was for that one match. I mean, I understand, too, about the whole thing with the women's war games being the curtain jerk. You want you want a good match, but at the same time, it had the hardcore element, so it should have been right. later. But back to Grimes and Hudson. He goes over. Grimes goes over. Uh, and I, I, what I like is that they continue to push Cameron Grimes. He won yes. the feud with LA Light. He, he's winning this feud because it's still not over yet. And then Hudson tries to cut Cameron Grimes' hair. Cameron gets out of the seat, knocks his ass out, cuts a little bit of his hair, and he goes running. So, but he's inter- he's entertaining. Cameron Grimes yes, he is definitely entertaining. Like even the stuff that they were doing with the whole uh, Ted DiBiase and all that, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Just because, oh, I enjoyed that immensely. Like Cameron Grimes. He's he's goofy, but in a good way. Right, I agree. I agree. TNA was not using; we're not using him the proper way. They were just using him as a loudmouth heel. And look, I get it; he could talk. The guy, guy, guy's got the gift of gab. He knows what he's got to do when it comes to a promo. But there are more to there's more to a promo than just talking. Right. And what NXT has done with him. <laughs> has given him an opportunity to actually walk around and get the fans involved. Right. You know? and, and that's that's key. <laughs> because as right. a wrestler, that's your job. Right. To get the fans involved by 
whether it be through your promos or your matches, but combination of both at times needs to be happening. But exactly. that is your job as a wrestler. And he's, he's doing it. Must be entertained. Entertain them. And he's doing it. He's doing it. The only thing I'm worried about is he's he's a decently sized guy, but he's not Vince McMahon's size. So he's not. They're not. We. we there's never going to be an opportunity, I feel, for this guy to actually be in the main roster and get a world title shot or actually get yeah. the payoff of being world champion. Maybe yeah. in NXT, but in, in the main roster, they're not Vince is not even looking at his in his direction. You know? Nah, so, he, he'd be more of a <laughs> guy if he's lucky. Right. If he's lucky, right. Exactly. Now, speaking of secondary titles in NXT, we go to the cruiserweight match. Uh, but it's not. Uh, we have Joe Gacy taking on Roger Strong, and I'm still confused because if <laughs> Gacy wins, if Gacy wins, what was going to happen to the cruiserweight title exactly? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, I, lifted, like I said, I assume it would be you know a whole open weight thing then, right? So. Uh, it's, it's, Gacy has a couple good moves here, including a nice crossface. But Roddy was ready and hit Gacy with everything he had. We saw a single leg dropkick, a Boston Crab, backbreakers, and of course his finisher. Ten minutes later, this match is over, and like we could have done this on NXT. Then we didn't have to do it on Warrior, or this should have been your opener because, like, what ten minutes? That's it. But we had all this build. And right. Harlan is still yet to get in the damn ring. And two, those first, the first opening is where you're going to either, these people are going to sit here and watch your product to the end, or right. they're going to go find something else to do for that amount of time. Right. So, but in any case, we find out a couple days later on NXT that the entire 205 line weight limit has actually been lifted. Because now Roderick Strong wants to fight Braun Breaker. So, again, are we renaming 205 Live? Are we getting rid of the Cruiserweight title again? They're they kind of trying to phase it out. Well, I, Jesus. Then make it the TV title then or something. I mean, right. You know, or get rid of it and make the North American title a little more prominent then. But what it is is all those talented guys that can, you know, really embody <laughs> that of a cruiserweight. Right. Don't want to go work for them, really, because they see right. how everything's going. I well, mean, they fired 80% of them a couple months ago anyway. So it's like, okay, you fired everybody. Who was left to even fight for it? And what's the sense of, of me going to work for you if I'm just going to be disposable like that? Right, right. So, no more cruiserweight division, it seems, but I guess we have to wait and find out. I kind of hope Braun Breaker destroys Roderick Strong, <laughs> grabs the belt, rips it apart, and maybe they just hand him a different belt down the line. I don't know. But I'm a Braun Breaker mark, and you know that, so it's not like a not like a secret or anything. Oh, yeah. You see the project I got going. Yes, we do. Yes, I do. So, we have one match left, and it is the men's. War Games match, obviously. And 
This was much better than the women's match, but I mean, that's expected because it's women and men, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but obviously men were going to do more crazier things in that ring. Um, but it was also a slight bit jumbled. Like, I, I don't remember who started off the match, actually. I, I know it was, you know what I mean? And then we got to the, the, the final two, which was Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa, and Ciampa was on the ground after three minutes of being in the ring. So, like, it was a little slower, a little more, I don't know. It wasn't as put well put together as the women's match. Right. So. It, I'm going to say in the middle B. There was I kind of have to agree with you there. There was one moment that I really, really enjoyed. From that match, and that right. was with Gargano and Ciampa. Of course, because that just of looked course. brutal. <laughs> <clears throat> and it—that was that feel-good moment I was talking right. about. Right. You know exactly. It's like it's DIY. Do you know DIY getting DIY? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, come on. <laughs> Well, Ciampa released a, a text before a, 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 a Twitter uh, post that said to Johnny, if this is the last night we spend in the ring together, thank you. And these two came up together in the WWE for the last five years. They came in at the Cruiserweight Classic. They got put in NXT. They became a tag team. It was the classic story that we've seen in wrestling, like with guys like Jim Neidhart and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Two young guys who are like, you know what? They ain't got nothing for us. You want a team? Let's see what yeah. happens. And because of that, Ciampa's a two-time NXT champion. Gargano's held it once. They both uh, Gargano held the North American title twice, and they've been tag team champions. So they've held the spectrum of gold in NXT. And and not to mention too, they don't call him Johnny Takeover for no reason. Exactly, he's had some of the I mean, best. If he's had, he's always had the best match at every show they've done. Right, I mean, he's just he's extremely talented. I'll say that he's he's extremely yes. talented, and I enjoy seeing him in the ring. And I hope it's not too too long that he's gone because, right? I mean, yeah, it'll let you miss him and all I'll that. Wait. Right, I'll wait, but I, I just. But with the product that's coming out now, it's like, come on. Right. <laughs> You're taking all the good ones, guy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in any indication, uh, Team 2.0, as they were called, uh, Braun yeah. Breakers team, wins War Games, which was okay because obviously it has to be the changing of the guard. But you said something before we went on the air. Go ahead and reiterate what you said. What really grinds my gears? Go ahead. There we go. That after you're you're taking something that was golden and then trying to, as far as you could have did that in the women's match. That's all I'm gonna say. You're taking something right. golden and then you taking something that's rebranded and trying to make it seem like it's just so much better. All you did was change some characters. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, and they is. know that. And they know that's all they did. You know, 
They know that's all they did. And But Vince doesn't care. You know, Vince is not going to be the one to say he was wrong or to say that he didn't mean to or to even apologize for it. We've never seen him apologize for anything he's done in the past before anyway. Right. But, they, they said, too, that uh, the AEW is starting to beat them out by leaps and bounds. Right. Exactly. In any case, though, what we saw on <coughs> NXT the following Tuesday, <coughs> Kyle O'Reilly was again destroyed by Von Wagner in the uh, cage. Johnny Gargano gave a heartfelt speech uh, about going home to be a dad and didn't know what his immediate future was going to be just yet. Uh, and then got destroyed by, of all piece of people, Grayson Waller. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this guy is annoying as fuck. That's all I'm going to say about him. But of all people, it's like Vince McMahon knew I hated Grayson Waller and said, who can I piss Archie off more with by letting take out Johnny Gargano? And that's who you chose. I mean, it could have been Eddie. It could have been Pete Dunne. It could have been Ciampa himself. It could have been anybody off the damn It could have been Dexter Loomis. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like... Give me context. Right, you dislike him so much. You, you, it's like Vlasy used to say, "You little pencil neck geek." <laughs> yeah, here, Art. Here, you remember we reviewed Survivor Series, and I said Bianca Belair winning that Survivor Series match made no sense because her feud now is with Dewdrop. And after right. what I saw this past Monday, Dewdrop walked out of the match that they were having, and she and Bianca won by countout. So again, made no sense. Gargano was leaving. Why would you let the guy who takes him out <laughs> be a guy who's not feuding with anybody? You know what I mean? Like, okay, you took out Johnny Gargano. Now what, kid? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll have a, uh, 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 I'll beat a jobber next week because you know that's what's going to happen next week. Right. Somebody you know? write him something quick. <laughs> yeah, and then a cut a shit promo because that's what he does. And then okay, now what? You know, it's like, look. I understand Johnny's leaving anyway. We don't got to make Johnny look good on his way out. Okay. He agreed to being shit on by being took out before he left. He didn't get to have his goodbye speech and just go home. But right. there are 40 people on that roster. Roderick Strong, Ciampa, Dunn, Imperium, that could have taken Johnny Gargano out. That when he does come back, if he does come back to NXT... When he comes back looking for revenge, it makes sense. Or Breaker. Right, he comes back and Grayson even had right. Breaker. And it right. would, that would have definitely made more sense. Well, because he's trying to get the choppers. Okay, I just took out your best friend. Right. But now, what happens if Grayson Waller gets fired and Johnny Gargano comes back in six months? What do we do then? <laughs> Sorry, guys. The storyline we had wrote, wrote up for right. Future endeavored. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. There's no payoff. So, uh, <clears throat> in any indication, I would give NXT War Games a B, a solid B, not a plus, not a minus, but a solid B because they did put on a pretty decent show. They they ended some feuds that needed to be ended. They started some new feuds that needed to be started. And they did give some context to a lot of what was going on with a lot of these people that I just called enhancement talent with music. 
Right. You know, like Tony D'Angelo and Grayson Waller. At least we got something to come out of these guys as opposed to them just coming to the ring and losing a match. Right. I'll have to agree with you on the B there. The matches weren't terrible. The, what right. I'm going to say, what I'm going to say is show structure. There's there's right. some structure to how to go about things to maximize their effect. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There should have been also some big spot at the ending of War Games that ended it without like Broadbreaker winning was fine, but he was the only one left standing in the middle of the ring. I would like to see a little more destruction on his end to make this guy look more like a badass because he's seen Chopper go through a table many times before. He got right back up. Right, and it's like so, have him, for lack of better words, Hulk out. Right. On him. Throw him off the top of the cage. So, you know, do something okay. so that way we have a, you know, but I guess they're not even going with Breaker versus Ciampa anymore because Breaker and Rod- Roderick Strong are going to have a match next week on NXT. Um, so I, I guess they're going to... me, that doesn't make sense either. Right. It Why really do you want to move? I mean, not, no disrespect to Roderick Strong, but why do you want to move down the card? But what, right, and who else do you have to put against Ciampa? Right. If it's not Braun Breaker right now, who's the only breakout star in my opinion of NXT 2.0? Were they going to swap Gacy over to Ciampa with Har- <laughs> Harlan? <laughs> well, if it's gonna, at least if Harlan's going to fight, right. You know, that would make sense, which he's supposed to debut next week. And segueing over, uh, next week we'll be back to our normal format, uh, talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW in their entirety. Mark will be back. He is not going out on Horseman business for quite some time again. Uh, unless, <laughs> you know, unless it's important, you know. Right. So, <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll find the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely will. Uh, and next week, let me see what the date is. Next week will be our last show until we come back from Christmas break. Uh, so we'll probably end up doing something in between Christmas and New Year's. Then we'll take New Year's off and come back as business as usual in the new year. So. Yeah, I'm not going to kayfabe that. I got to watch Cobra Kai. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'll be watching Cobra Kai for like two days. So, you know, I'm going to binge watch it. <laughs> Once I'm done with that, you can have me back for wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That's Before right. then, though, if you want a Cobra Kai review, me and Mark will definitely talk about Cobra Kai. It's up to you. <laughs> So, uh, in any case, Mark, thank you for joining me once again and being back on the show. It's always a pleasure, brother. Got any parting words for our fans at home? No matter how (laughs) this world is looking, as far as wrestling's going, keep the faith. Right, because wrestling's not dead; just certain products are. <laughs> right, right, right. I agree. I agree with Mark's sentiment one hundred percent. Wrestling is not dead. Wrestling is alive and well. There are six major wrestling companies right now in the world because Ring of Honor has not yet said whether they're going away or not. Right, and um, 
did you catch the live of the show we had in Albany that I went live? Every time, every time I tried to go on, I was watching it and then it would cut off from so I kept having to leave it and go back. Right. Well, it it was pretty good. All right. Well, next week on this show, Mark is going to. We're not going to do quick hits next week. I'm going to let Mark run down the card for that show. We're going to talk about it a little bit, and then Mark is going to let us know what's coming up for his promotion in the next show as well. All right. Yes, sir. Do a little bit of indie corner for uh, the fans at home. So, Mark and I will see you next week. Thank you once again for joining me. Continue to, to uh, watch out and listen to everything on the We Can't Wrestle and the uh, WrestleNet Radio umbrella family of podcasts. And uh, I will see you next time on If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking. Good night, everybody.